Hello and welcome to episode 24 of Chatting Like Champions. Today, I'm of course joined by Pavan and Alex. How are you guys doing? Very well, thank you. Very well. Yeah, I'm just trying to, you know, get my sleep schedule back in check this week because I stayed up to watch the Super Bowl on, well, what would actually be Sunday, uh, Monday morning. Monday morning, yeah. So yeah, I've just been catching up all week and then going to bed straight after the Champions League games. So. Can't mess up a sleep pattern if that's already your sleep pattern. That's, that's my logic. Um, we're finally talking about the Champions League once again. Um, the knockouts are underway and the first sort of the round of 16 matches were played over the past week and they definitely had plenty of talking points in there. They were some really good games. So first, let's get on to what was arguably the biggest tie of the round. Uh, starting off big here, mm-hmm. uh, PSG Real Madrid. Mbappe snatched a result in the 94th minute in PSG's 1-0 win over Real Madrid. It was a game where it was mostly one-way traffic, with PSG being dominant in both halves. Real Madrid failed to register a shot on target and only managed three shots overall, in comparison to PSG's 21 with eight on target. So it was really a dominant display from PSG. Um, Some fine saves by Courtois kept Madrid in the game, but Mbappe's athleticism proved too much for Carvajal towards the end of the game as he conceded a penalty and also was unable to effectively keep Mbappe at bay in the build-up to the goal. Um, The other large talking point was the penalty saved by Courtois. Of course, Messi took the penalty and he was unable to to convert. Uh, He's now actually matched Omri's record of the most penalty misses in UCL history with five. But to quote former ice hockey great Wayne Gretzky, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So what were your what was your thoughts on this game, Pabam? Yeah, um, as you said, PSG were fairly dominant throughout the game. Uh, Real Madrid... I think maybe a lot of people were expecting Madrid to do a lot more, but under Ancelotti, they are pretty much, you know, looking to exploit space and they weren't, you know, I don't think they they went there with a game plan to control the ball. So in that sense, they gave PSG the the ball in in kind of most of the the play. But yeah, it was quite a cagey game. I think there weren't many clear-cut chances. PSG definitely played um, better. Uh, Real Madrid definitely, you know, struggled to make any space for Vinicius and Benzema yeah. up front. They were just uh, in their bank of four. Um, I thought Nuno Menge was very good at left-back, very good. He's he's deceptively very tall and he's got very long limbs and he was able to get his body into, you know, challenges and he was, you know, constantly... I think it was Asensio in the first half. Rodrigo came on later on. Um, so, yeah, he was very good. But, you know, Messi, Messi uh, uh, you know, missing the penalty... You know, good save by Courtois and you thought, OK, Madrid have done it here. They've managed to kind of stink out the game, get the nil-nil and take it back to the Bernabeu. And then, and then, well, you know, Mbappe happens and uh, unfortunately, Carvajal just had... He was just on toast the, the whole yeah. game. Uh, managed to, you know, basically survive for 90 minutes and then sometimes you just can't... You can't deal with that. And Mbappe's, like, athleticism and the skill and the pace just honestly might be something we haven't seen before or haven't seen for this uh, kind of extended period and mm. we hope he'll probably have a great career so he just makes a difference yeah um alex speaking about stuff that we haven't seen before i mean messi he's not really finding his form which is a very rare thing that we've seen in his in his career obviously um at barcelona he seemed to always be on fire even when he was in like a slight dip that was only for like one or two games and then he found his form again um and then i mean it was kind of topped off by the fact that Ronaldo scored a minute later um, after his penalty miss. So w- what do you think is the issue there? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm just not really sure. I think maybe he was at Barcelona, settled for so long, and he was in a sort of routine. And, and now he comes to PSG and it's all different. And I think the club atmosphere and the club philosophy is completely different. And it's something you've got to get used to. And I mean, at that age, um, your adaptability might be going somewhat. So, yeah, it's difficult. And I think, though... He he did play quite well when you watch the game. If if Messi wasn't Messi, you'd say that was a good performance. But for so long, Messi's been asked to do the job of a nine and a ten uh, throughout his whole career, and he's performed both jobs to the standard of the best in the world, right? Uh, the best like um, numbers, like key passes, assists, and and dr- uh, progressive dribbles and passes and stuff like that, and, and the goal scoring ability of a nine. And now suddenly, when he doesn't score and he's not producing like a nine does but he's still doing all the all the best things he did as a 10 people look at it looking at him going oh he's finished but he's not he's he's still doing what what players some players will never heights will never reach in their career it's just because they're not his heights the goal scoring heights people are they're kind of forgetting and, and Messi's always had a penalty missing him um, he keeps yeah. stepping up but um, you know he's missed quite a few in his career and I think it might be you know, one of the highest uh, missed totals out of any sort of professional. But that is because he takes so many, to yeah. be fair. So, you know, I don't think it's crisis at all, or, or like a crisis for Messi, but, you know, it's just unfortunate that we're probably not going to see his goal-scoring ability um, reach what, what it used to again, which is sad, but by no means is he a finished player. No. I mean, Pavan, you kind of alluded to the fact that... Um, that PSG did dominate throughout the game. Um, what did you make of their setup? Did, I mean, Poch set them up to have good tactical domination mm. of the ball, but do you think that there's still something missing there? Because it took a moment of brilliance to really save them in this game. Yeah, I, I think we've all, a lot of people, have, including us, have been very sceptical of Pochettino at PSG accused him of not having game plans he had a game plan uh, against Madrid albeit he was given the ball but his team used the ball pretty well um, didn't concede too many chances of course you know got the goal with, with individual brilliance I still think there's there's bits missing but I think there is credit to be to be given that he's he's found a system it's now the fact that Neymar's back fit and that throws whatever plan he had basically in the trash because if Neymar wants to play then you know um, things have got to, have got to kind of you know jiggle around and you know kind of change if you want to get that yeah. team playing properly. I don't know. I'm not I'm not so much sure that it was Poch's brilliance on that day. I think Ancelotti really got it wrong. Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. Uh, yeah. PSG have been shaky at the back all season, and Real should have you know used their you know dynamic attack to to fight them. I know Benzema had an injury; and he was yeah. playing all game with an injury. And if your game plan is just to sit back behind the ball, what's the point in risking Benzema? You might as well have played Mariano in that situation. And yeah. I saw some Real Madrid fans talking on Twitter, and they were saying, "When you have two uh, midfielders like Modric and Cruz, who are absolute fighter jets, why are you not letting them have the ball?" Um, and he was using them in such a wrong manner. Like Real Madrid can control the game, and they could have controlled the game against PSG. I think their midfield superior. I think Vinny and Benzema are fantastic. They should have gone out and attacked, and instead they let what we'll come on to later. Their um, right back over. Mm. Uh, yeah, their right back yeah, get yeah. exposed to Mbappe all game, mm. and he had the better of them all game, and just nullify that and keep the ball. Yeah, I think um, a lot of people also pointed out that he shouldn't have gone Asensio because if he'd played Valverde out on the right, he could have doubled up on Mbappe down that side, but uh, I guess we will come on to Carvajal yeah, right now. Let's, let's actually talk about Carvajal then. I mean, he's one of the longer-serving members of that Real Madrid team now. 
Um, I don't know off the top of my head how long he's been there for, but it seems like forever. Yeah. Um, obviously, eventually he is going to have to be replaced, probably in the next kind of summer or next January, I would say, because it, coming up against these younger, more energetic players now, he, he's still a great fullback, but he's not able to keep up with them as the kind of um, him facing off against Mbappe proved. So... Have you guys got any ideas for long-term targets that they could possibly pursue to um, fill in his kind of void when he eventually does get taken out of the team? Not a huge amount of right-backs that are available in the market. I mean, there's so many talented ones, but lots of them at top clubs and, and stuck there. I think uh, you couldn't go wrong with someone like Jeremy Frimpong. Um, Lamptey is an option. Um, Masrui. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Lots of options. Talks with um, Dortmund and... Um, oh, which other club was it? Dortmund and AC Milan, but he is an option, yeah. Yeah, there, there are players there on the market. I also saw a rumour that um, because Marcelo's obviously, I think he might be off at the end of the season. Mm. I think his Real Madrid stint's done, but um, you're going to need another, another left back as Ferland Mendy's not the most reliable with uh, I, fitness I'm and very injuries. I'm disappointed with him that game. Yeah. I thought he was a really shaky in possession, a couple bobbling back passes to Courtois that he struggled yeah. with. That wasn't yeah, impressed. apparently they're looking at. You know, activating Regulon's buyback, which I think would be a win for both parties, really. In La Liga, Regulon, you know, has been fantastic when he was here. He was, um, I think he was Defender of the Year when he was at Sevilla, hmm. uh, left back or young defender. I don't know, but he won something when he was at Sevilla, and um, it's not working well at Tottenham because no. he's not a wing back. But for a fair price, I mean, I think the buyback's just under 40 million or something like that. Yeah, so, I think Spurs could definitely reinvest that money into a much yeah, better. Yeah, it's a win for both parties, I Yeah. Think. Uh, Pavan, you got any ideas? Yeah, they were linked with Kieran Tierney as well as a Marcelo replacement, but we, we don't need to talk about that one. Um, but in terms of a right-back, yeah, it's, it is it is a tough market. Um, I think the names Alex mentioned are pretty pretty solid ones. I think I, I don't think Real Madrid have got... Not Real Madrid haven't got pull anymore, but you know to take somebody like, I don't know, Reese James from Chelsea yeah. or... But I don't Cancelo. think anyone in the world's got that sort of pull, you know, like... Yeah, when yeah. you're at these top but, Premier League clubs. Yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is nobody can take them from top Prem clubs. So mm. they've got to find somebody who's, you know, not, kind of not unearthed. They, they, they do kind of have to unearth the gem, I guess. But Carvajal did actually came, come from Leverkusen. So they could just go back to Leverkusen and buy Frimpong. I think that's not actually a bad shell. Um, is a little bit... I'm a little bit sceptical about him because Eredivisie signings have been quite bad recently. And stepping straight into that team might be a bit of a struggle, but... Um, yeah, Carvajal, I think we've got to say he's been an excellent servant yes, for Madrid. Yes, um, But his injury record is just declining and declining and got exposed in this game, unfortunately. Yeah, so it will definitely be interesting to see what Real Madrid do about their fullback situation come the end of the season. Uh, but let's move on to the training game of the kind of round. A sporting against Man City. Is that what you're dubbing it? Yeah, honestly, it, it was. It seemed like it. Um, and it was my player to watch, just putting it out there, Bernardo Silva, yeah, yeah, um, right. who, who ran the show um, as City ran riot in Lisbon. Pets men went on to win the game 5-0 in what really did look like a training game. Uh, sporting failed to register a single shot on target and, like Madrid, only managed three shots. Um, it was Mares who opened the scoring after a fairly lengthy VAR check, which overruled an offside call by the linesman. Um, Bernardo Silva picked up his first of the game 
after that, and it was a blistering effort on a, on the half volley. Honestly, it was a phenomenal goal. That was special. That goal. and it clipped the underside of the bar, and it just it it was really satisfying to watch. Actually, mm, half just, volleys are always yeah. So- you know, aesthetically pleasing. Yeah, and then Foden got in on the scoring after the ball was my loose. My player, that was my player. Okay. I'm just saying. Well, he, the ball was loose in the box and he was first to react, but it was really poor defending by Sporting there. Um, that I think there was three players around the ball that all just either kind of went to kick it and then stopped mm. or it bounced off of them. It, it was really poor. Um, and then Silva... Then rounded off the first half with his brace. It took a slight deflection, deflection that took it to the left of the keeper, um, and it, but it it rounded off a very very dominant first half for Man City. Uh, Bernardo Silva then looked as though he actually got his hat trick. Um, however, it was ruled off for outside for offside, and it was the correct decision. Although it was fairly tight, um, Sterling then finished off. The My, score. Player. My player. My <laughs> player. <laughs> yeah, so we all did pretty okay, well. Yeah. We all did pretty Sterling well. then finished the scoring off with a screamer from outside the box, challenging Bernardo Silva's goal. <laughs> and this came, to be honest, and it curled into the top right. It was something. <laughs> Talking about predictions, goal. though, for something we didn't mention with the PSG Real game was I was the only one out of us free to predict a Ties PSG not over, win. is it, Kieran? Ties not over. Ties not over. It's half time. Do you see it going any differently? No, I don't. But <laughs> I'm holding that over. No, I could have been four and four if um, one of the games we won't get on to went absolutely crazy. I mean, I think we all got the Salzburg game yeah. wrong. Yeah. Um, mm. So, what were your thoughts on this game, I suppose, Pavan? Yeah, I mean, it was just a sheer City dominance. I even thought, oh, these two have gone City. Why don't I pick Sporting? Just to, <laughs> no, luckily I didn't. Um, I should have gone Salzburg as the, as the underdog. But yeah, Man City just took them apart, really. Um, you know, Sporting, I think they had tremendous support, though. Even at 5-0 down, their fans were um, you know, cheering them on. And Ruben Amorid is a de- top coach who you know, is definitely one to watch and will definitely get a bigger job uh, in the next uh, year or two, maybe in one of Europe's well actually he's in the top five league but one of the other top four leagues maybe um but yeah pep set up his team pretty well obviously the attack is just scoring for fun bernardo silva might be my favorite player to watch at the moment uh it's just he's like he's one of those players that doesn't have a lot of um doesn't have a big personality off the pitch but when he gets on the pitch you 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 basically cannot touch him he's always seems to find space um, always, you know, get stuck in with like niggling fouls to stop the other team from progressing, um, and yeah, I, I think he's just a brilliant player. I'm, I'm really glad he he he's come back into the team because last year I think he was struggling, um, and Pep wasn't impl- wasn't playing him as much. But yeah, Bernardo Silva, absolute gem of a player. Um, also, the other thing is there was a I don't know if you saw it. I haven't seen it. No, uh, me and Alex saw Carl Walker's video now. Uh, I don't really know what happened, but Carl Walker seemed to get very insecure at the fact that he wasn't able to play against Sporting. Posted a video with his silver Champions League runners-up medal, saying, "I'm oh, sorry, guys, couldn't be there." Um, yeah, it's just just a weird video. That it's just a weird video. But Carl Walker will probably be back the next game. Uh, not that they're going to need him because they're no. fighting it up. But uh, stranger yeah. things have happened. Yeah, very strange. I'm pretty sure it was Carl Walker who went on. Well, he did a prank with Jack Whitehall on one of like America's shows yeah. or something, or maybe. It's oh yeah, 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 I remember. He this. dressed up as yeah. a World Cup trophy or something. Um, so yeah, Carl Walker's just a bit, bit of a vibes guy, but yeah, City domination really. Yeah, Bernardo Silva's a wizard. Carl Walker's a bit of a nutter. Are we allowed to say <laughs> yeah. that? Yeah, I um, think we can. Yeah, and um, 
Matias Nunez. Um, yeah, sporting player, um, more of a defensive midfielder, I'd say. Uh, Pep Guardiola said he, before the game, or it might have been after the game, that he was one of the best players in the world. Not young players, not yeah, yeah. you know, one of the best yeah. players in the world. So maybe that could be a sort of. Um, Premonition that maybe maybe City will pursue him as a sort of Fernandinho. He does like to do that though, Pep, like doesn't that. he? He loves to praise. He, he does love to praise. He's, he's big, especially after he battered. The yeah, team. Uh, he also likes bigging teams up when he struggled as well. Yeah, he just you know he bigged up Fulham nice uh, really. Like you yeah. said, you know Fulham carry on. They'll be challenging in the in the Prem, even though they beat yeah. them maybe five or six nil. But, I mean, you know. If you get the Pep seal of approval, it means you're good. After they beat us, I think it was 3 0, uh, he said that Graham Potter was one of the best coaches in the world. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, he does like to do yeah, stuff yeah. like a that. Fresh piece of PR. But, but yeah, Matthias Nunes, I guess that's one to watch. Um, I can't get the stats up of him because um, FB ref, where we get our stats, is only top five leagues. But, mm. you know, uh, maybe I'll have to tune in and to some sporting games and watch him. I know they won't win the league this year. I'm pretty sure Benfica mm. are, are pretty uh, strong at the top with Darwin Nunes. But um, yeah, one to watch, and also uh, this sporting team isn't one to like scoff at. I mean, they they did. I think they didn't lose to Dortmund in the group. No, they didn't. They obviously finished second in the group, but I think they bested them twice. So, you know, it just goes to show that Man City on their day are probably the favourites for this competition. Uh, you say that, okay. especially with uh, Bayern who have come onto it in poor form. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I think this City team is running rampant I think Sporting did get a bit unlucky with some of the goals like if you look there's a lot of uh, Bernardo and Sterling's goal that's just individual the Morris goal the Morris goal is like it's just meant to go out of play De Bruyne's just there um, they got unlucky but they were you know well and truly beat so Mm. City wants to watch to to win it all yeah they're definitely favourites but um, they've been in this position before they know it all too well Um, and Pep has said that Liverpool are the danger team to him Mm. and they seem to always get the best of him, but and he did give a good answer, or he gave a quite. He said, "You know, last season we played a perfect Champions League run, and then, I mean, he did use an expletive, which was quite quite funny. Um, he said, you know, we kind of uh, messed it up in the final. Uh, so this it could happen again. They're probably going to sweep the, you know, whoever they get. They always get easy draws, but yeah, we'll see. They always they come are. up against Portuguese teams. They do." Every Did you see the tweet where someone predicted they get Peterborough in the FA Cup <laughs> and then no. they actually drew Peterborough oh, in the FA sake. Cup? Hello and welcome back to Suitcase of a Superstar. It is my turn. Of course I'm in the lead because, you know, these two are lagging behind. So it's a, it's a time for you two to actually get some points to catch up on me. I've made it a bit easier because, you know, you complained and I picked, you know, Medi Benatia. You complained, all right? So... I didn't complain about that one. Oh, well, no, you didn't. You didn't, to be fair, but, you know, uh, Alex did. But it's okay. I've made it easier, so let's see if you guys can pick, up, can pick up some points. Okay, clue number one. This player won his European country's Player of the Year every year from 2011 to 2016, and then again in 2020. He's also captained his country fairly frequently. 2011 to 2016... Then again in 2020. And he, yeah, so he's a European player who's won his country's player of the year all those years. All right. Okay. And if you go yeah. off this, this would be a bit of a... Clue number two. This player has made 298 Bundesliga appearances, scoring 24 goals and assisting 29 times. So I know who it is. What? Already? 
Fine. I'm pretty sure I okay. know who it is. Okay, I told you I made it a little bit easier, okay? Because, you know, you know I, I, do, I do want the contest like to be a little bit interesting. Things... Hmm. Oh. Kieran was about to say topical. He was, he was. Hmm. He was, was he? I do, like, I do like it being topical, I can't lie. I can't lie. I do like it being topical. But who... Wait, no. Wait, so it was... Up, so he won it from 2011 to 2016, had a break, then won it again in 2020. Yeah. Um... Who would have won it in those four years? Ooh. Tricky one, this, isn't it? Well, I feel like the next clue, you guys will probably get it. If you don't get it. If you don't guess now, probably get on the next clue. Any ideas, Alex? No. Wait, how many Bundesliga appearances is it? Like 200 and... Two short of 300 Bundesliga 298. Yes. Um, I need points. Kieran, you need you do need points. Yeah, you are but like four, six points behind, I think. Maybe. Okay, go on to the next one. I want to secure these. Okay, okay, we're going next clue. Your third clue is this player has played centre back, CDM, yeah. and left back. Yeah, there you go. And even sometimes further up the pitch. There you go. I knew it from the last one. <laughs> I'm so annoyed. All right, Kieran is locked in. Alex. Yeah, I've got it. You got it? I okay. okay. I'm so annoyed I didn't get it on the last one. <laughs> See? That wasn't so bad, was it, guys? Who won it, in, who won it in between? I actually don't know, and I'm going to look it up later. Cause because I, I actually... I couldn't, like, I couldn't remember who it, would, who it would be. Okay, I have both clues. I have both guesses. Uh, we'll carry on with the clues. Clue number four. This player left Bayern Munich on a free transfer yeah. last summer. And clue number five is... The Austrian defender plays centre-back for Real Madrid after he left Bayern Munich, where he stayed there for 13 years. If you haven't got after the five clue, if you, fifth clue, if you're listening, that is really... Yeah, cool. I was struggling. Fourth and fifth clue were pretty much the I same. Should have, I should have gone on the second clue. Oh, I right. knew it on the second. Well, well I, I, literally, I literally had it typed out and everything. <laughs> I was literally hovering over send. <laughs> well, we'll have to see if you guys are correct, um, and I'll reveal all that in the outro. Let's move on to Salzburg versus Bayern. Now, Komen rescued Bayern as they snatched a 1-1 draw with Austrian side RB Salzburg. Um, Salzburg have never actually made it to the round of 16 before, which I was really surprised yeah, at when I found that out. Knockout game. And they really did themselves proud against the German champions. Uh, Bayern were without Neuer, Goretzka and Alfonso Davies. However, still came into this game strong favourites. Um, they had Ulreich in goal. They had Tolisso there instead of um, Goretzka. Instead of Goretzka. Yeah. Um, it was still a very, very strong side. And it was definitely one that you would expect to do well in the Champions League still. Um, Salzburg only had 28% of the possession as Bayern dominated it. Um, however, as we know, possession doesn't win football games. And Adamu um, opened the scoring in the 21st minute, a historic moment for Salzburg and his first ever goal in the Champions League. And I mean, he was only subbed on in the 10th minute mm. and he scored 11 minutes after coming on against Bayern. That's not really bad going. Mm. Um, and then this goal really gave Salzburg a lot more belief and there were some really good opportunities for both sides actually. The game opened up a little bit. Um, Salzburg saw the first half out and were 1-0 up going into the second half. Um, and just after the second half, Bayern got some good opportunities. However, the Austrian side, and especially Vober, 
um, defended uh, really well. And there were also some really good saves by Kern. The that um, double save was Yeah, insane. the double save. Um, Pavard prevented Bayern going 2-0 down mm. um, after Adam Unili picked up his second of the game with a great block. It was um, kind of a clearance off the line and it, it was a certain goal if he wasn't there. Um, then Coman finally broke through what seemed to be an impenetrable defence from Salzburg to spare Bayern's blushes and have something to show for a second half where they really did dominate the game. But um, yeah, it, it was definitely an upset. You wouldn't have expected Salzburg to put up that much of a fight against Bayern at all, and you would expect Bayern to really kind of stomp over um, an Austrian side. There's no disrespect to Austrian teams, but they're not they're not up there with like the best in the world, like Bayern is. Well, this is the first time they've made a knockout. Exactly. So, you know, um, but there's a player that I never mentioned in any of that um, kind of roundup. Uh, Mo Kamara. Mm. He was man of the match. He's 22 years old, and he released Adi Amy for the um, for the goal. Mm. And he looks like a really special player, doesn't he, Pavan? He looks really good, and the fact that I looked on Transfermarkt quickly, he's valued at twenty million, and to be doing that, to be valued that high, playing in the Austrian league, is you know some feat. Yeah. Um, obviously, twenty-two years old, so not you know one of the really young uh, stars, but still you know a very good age, and he was everywhere. I mean, made so many blocks, so many tackles, um, was always getting stuck. He was tracking the the like kind of the the runners like Muller when he was looking for the ball on the edge of the box. Uh, wins the ball back quickly, releases Adiemi into the channel, and then obviously they go on to score. Um, passes through Aronson on the way. But yeah, I mean, Mo Kamara, I mean, he looks so good. I mean, you bought a midfielder from Salzburg in yes. Inyok and Wepu, so they obviously know what they're doing. But if anybody's looking for kind of a midfielder to break up play, then they, you know, top teams around Europe should take a look because. Um, this was a stunning performance. He's been doing it all season, but to do it against Bayern is, a, you know, a really great feat. Speaking of another big performance, um, Brendan Aronson mm. also um, he had a solid game. He created the most chances, and it looks like he could. He's set for like quite a big move this summer because there's a few teams that I could think of that need a player like him. Um, Alex, what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, he's quality. I think he's. I think one of America's best talents at the moment. I mm. think he's. Um, Kind of stepped above Pulisic right now. I know he is playing at Salzburg, but I think he's truly special. Um, you've got Reiner, who's gone a bit quiet now. I think, uh, you know, he's he's going to be next for the best US player, right behind Weston McKenney. So, fantastic. And I'm pretty sure he was very close to a move in, Leeds. in January. Leeds, Leeds and it, it really just didn't him. work out. Um, but yeah, he's due a move. Uh, he's fantastic. We know Salzburg is a talent factory. So many, so many great players in that team that are just going to keep churning mm. out. Um, obviously, Daka left um, last year. You've got Adeyemi who's probably going to leave, but it doesn't matter when you've got Adami up front. Mm. You've got um, Sucic and Kamara in the mm. midfield and Voba at the back. You know, so many great players are like all over the shop. So, yeah, it's just fantastic. I mean, any player that really comes through there is mm. going to be going to be great. I mean, some of the ones that haven't worked out. The only one I can think of who probably didn't work out is Minamino, mm. but he was he was pretty good there. And I guess things didn't work out at Liverpool. He's not getting regular game time, so maybe that's a caveat. I guess, yeah. but yeah, fantastic. But I think with with this game in particular, I think it's really highlighting Bayern's sort of problem. Yeah, I yeah. think they they've lost. A lot of defensive stability. I mean, if you look at the teams they've been putting out recently, um, 
Is it a back three? Because when right. I look it up, it says back three, but I, I find that hard to believe. I think it actually is. It's a back three, and there's no wing backs. He's literally playing Coman. Yeah, okay, like I said, so, so Nabry or Coman or Sane, whoever plays that, there's three defenders. Wing backs, but they are wingers. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no um, support on the wings. Where So on the counter, mm. where you see what Salzburg got them at, they just isolated the defenders. Yeah. And, and I mean, through. Goretzka's also been out for 10 games now. Um, I mean, Tolisso has been filling in and he's a solid player but I don't think he suits this buy-in setup to be honest um, yeah, I think we mentioned him pivot, before when you look at that pivot I mean Kimmich is not at the level he was before he was um, out with Covid and it affected his yeah. um, heart or something Davies, is um, out. Davies being out so yes injuries are a factor but they really need to pick up a midfielder and, and a defender in, in yeah, the summer especially considering Sula is leaving and that's a steal from Dortmund by the yeah. way Um it's kind of the opposite to what's been happening like in the past what decade or yeah, two. Yeah. Um, usually it's always the Bayern poaching a Dortmund player, but it's the other way around for once. And I think that's exactly what Dortmund needed, to be honest. Um, they needed someone with a lot of um, a lot of experience at the back to play alongside a Kanji or um, Hummels. Um, so it's it definitely be interesting to see that Sula a Kanji partnership. That's that's going to be exciting to see. I, I was listening to the Geigen Pressing podcast, and Stefan actually said that in 2022, Bayern have been conceding, uh, I think, nearly 1.5 xG a game, and obviously having Neuer out is a big miss. So, yeah. I mean, what do we see for the summer? Because Upamecano got dropped again. Um, he's basically been taken on on walks by uh, the forwards of the other teams. I mean. He's looking really shaky. Looks like he needs more a more experienced partner. I mean, we talk about Dortmund needing a centre, but they've got one now. But do Bayern need one in the summer? Yes, they do. Quite frankly, Upamecano, mm. um, when he was in that Leipzig setup, it, it suited. They they kind of set up to suit him mm. um, because he was considered their star player at the back. But then you also had. Um, you also had Canate alongside him, who mm. is also a very solid centre-back, as we've been seeing at Liverpool. But let's move on to the final game of this kind of set of games, uh, which is Inter against Liverpool, where we'll be talking about Canate a bit more. Yes. Um, Inter were in action in the round of 16 of the Champions League for the first time in a decade as they played Liverpool. The biggest opportunity to half first half saw Hakan Chalhanoglu Thunder a shot at the underside of the crossbar. However, it wasn't to be as the ball bounced away from the goal line. Liverpool had a few good crosses put into the box and some good opportunities, including an overhead kick by Mane, which hit the side netting. And it, he had so much time to actually pull off that shot. Bit worrying from Inter's defending. Um, then at the start of the second half, Inter looked really, really confident coming out of the blocks, actually. And this really, this nearly did pay off. Um, Perisic put in a cross, but somehow he failed to pick out Martinez, even though he was pretty much open. Mm. It was a very poor ball. Um, and if if he had got a much, if he had got a better delivery in the box there, Martinez would have scored. Um, Allison was beat at that point, I think. Firmino then went on to score a glancing header to put Liverpool 1-0 up in the 75th minute after a great corner by Robertson. And Inter almost responded with a curling effort from Perisic. However, it went just over the bar, and that would have been a really good goal as well, actually. It would have been up there with Sterling's, in my opinion. Um, Liverpool then got their second of the game as Salah scored in his eighth consecutive away match in the competition. 
uh, which surely has to be approaching some kind of record. Mm. Well, he, he did actually get the record that Peter Crouch has got for scoring against AC and Inter Milan oh, yeah. in the same season. I know, I know that's a club record for Liverpool as mm. well. So um, a ball uh, knocked down in the box and set up for Salah to slot it into the bottom right. My player that I picked. Your player. Uh, on the boarding pass. Yeah, all right. Um, Van Dyke enjoyed that goal so much that he actually went yeah, and hugged that. international teammate Dumfries, your player, um, <laughs> as, oh, soon as, as soon as the goal had gone in. So, what did Dumfries think about that? He didn't react, he just kind of stood there, not being a, You know, early in the season when Correa yeah. was hugged by his team oh, yeah, at yeah, uh, yeah. Inter, and that he, popped off. he went mad, and like, I think he like tried to hit him mm. or something. So. <laughs> but. It, it was a game where Lautaro Martinez and Dzeko were very poor and slow on the ball. They struggled to compete with Van Dijk and Canate, but I don't, I don't think that's a big deal, considering that's probably one of the better centre-back partnerships in the world at the moment, in my opinion. I would say, yeah, it isn't, but the thing is, Inter played so well yeah. that they should have scored a goal, and that's up to the attackers. I mean, Martinez, they isolated... I think there was that one run where Martinez was 1v1 against Van Dijk and he just had no confidence or no vision to try and take mm-hmm. him on and he ended up, you know, the attack just dithered away. I mean, yeah. you know, Lazaro is very good, Dzeko has been very good in the league, but I think Inter are still lacking, you know, obviously losing Hakimi and Lukaku, they've lost that that goal score that's going to guarantee you goals because Martinez is one of these very inefficient forwards. He's very good, but... It showed. I mean, yeah, it was considered a good game for Inter. However, I was actually quite surprised to see this. They failed to register a shot on target, which kind of... It, I suppose it does come down to Lautaro and Dzeko having a bad game. But I was still very surprised to see that with um, with the kind of chances that they had mm. and how well they were playing. Um, although they did lose with dignity and... But there is a lot of work to be done in the second leg and to retain the Serie A. Um, Alex, what were your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I thought um, Inter were really good. I thought their wing-backs were, were fantastic. Dumfries was um, kind of picking up the ball out wide and, and driving kind of inside. Mm. Instead of using the wings, they were kind of attacking through the middle uh, first and then getting it out wide. So like kind of from right to left. So him and Perisic were fantastic. Yeah. Um, which makes me ask a qu- question in my head because... Uh, La Gazzetta, the, the national newspaper, kind of highlighted this. That Perisic was so good, um, but you've just signed Gosens, mm. and Di Lorenzo has also been fantastic DiMarco. this season. Uh, sorry, yeah, Di yeah. DiMarco, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, and Perisic is set to receive a contact, contract extension, mm. so um, <laughs> DiMarco's got to go, basically, because they've got three left wing-backs. Yeah, I, I, don't, um, really I, I don't I don't. And really now when I look at it, is 30 million on Gosens, like... A good deal. Unless, yes, it's a good deal because he's so good and it weakens Atalanta. But the way the way that I'm looking at it is that they might be setting up to play with wing backs and wingers. Okay. Yeah. Because okay. they could that play. Make sense. Yeah. They could play Gozens as the wing back and then um, the Perisic. Uh, Perisic. Yeah. Yeah. No. Perisic as the more advanced on the left wing um, because obviously it's it's. That, that would be quite dangerous down that side, actually. That, that could be that. an idea of um, Lautaro is set to leave in the summer. So Possibly, and I think he is probably going to be looking for a move out, considering that... I think he's pretty happy. Um, he shined an he extension did. not too long ago. Yeah, yeah, he, he did. did, but he just doesn't seem to be 
getting to the heights that you would have expected him. I, mean, to. I think he's got what eleven Serie A goals this season. It's not it's not awful, but no, it's not. He was always and he's always been um, in a partnership at least the one who scores the less amount of goals mm. and does most of the pressing. So I don't think it's awful statistically. Possibly, I suppose we'll see. That's that's only going to be um, we're only going to find that out mm. in in the summer. Um, is there anything that either of you two want to add on to this I, game? Yeah, I think Barella was a big miss yes. um, in that midfield. I think him and Dumfries, I mean, Dumfries was, was great. I mean, uh, I, I can't remember which Inter Milan game it was, but Perisic, it literally went from Perisic to Dumfries for a goal. I mean, they kind of, they get the most advanced, um, which is why I did pick Dumfries as a key player, but never mind. Never mind, maybe second league. But yeah, I think Inter played really well. I'm really happy that Inter played so well and pretty much outplayed Liverpool because Inter Milan have been so good Italian football has been really good this year and I didn't want it to go the way it did for AC Milan in the group stage yeah. where you know they just just didn't really muster muster much of an effort but it was really good to see I read a brilliant piece by James Horncastle on The Athletic about Inzaghi and he said Conte was the guy who built the building but Inzaghi's the interior designer yeah. who's given them freedom on the ball they're playing like you would expect one of the top six teams in the Prem to play, which is really refreshing. Just lacked killer instinct. It reminded me a lot of uh, Arsenal against Man City, where outplayed them, but you just don't have the cutting edge, and that's what uh, top teams do. But uh, I mean, yeah. we've spoken a lot about Inter here, a little bit on Liverpool. Hmm. Um, they're all three of their midfielders were replaced, and they looked very good actually. Uh, they had a midfield of Elliot, Fabinho, and Thiago, yeah. and it was actually a really good combination in midfield. Now they have so many options uh, in that midfield. Uh, Klopp likes to rotate them around. What do you think is the yeah. best midfield, Alex? This is a you know question. what the three who started all got subbed off, and they. Looked better when they left the pitch. I mean, um, I think when, especially when Henderson was on the pitch, they were a lot better. Uh, I think Thiago does slow them down a bit. Um, so I think I'd have Henderson. I think you can't knock Elliot's talent and how good they were when Elliot was fit. So I think you've got to give him a bit more time now to come back from his injury. But I'd go Henderson, Elliot, and um, Fabinho. Yeah, Fabinho. I think Fabinho has definitely got to be there for the stability. He does so much defensively. I think I would go. I, I would have Thiago in every game if I'm honest with you, but that's the difference of opinion. I think the last slot it depends on who you're playing. But look how more dynamic they looked when Henderson came on first. But Thiago was. Thiago. But Thiago was doing. Thiago was playing a lot deeper, but I think in Inter Milan were pinning Trent and Robson. You never didn't really see Trent getting on the overlap or Robson getting on the overlap. So Inter did really well in that sense. And I thought Thiago battled quite well. well. Liverpool do struggle when they come up against a, a back five. I think it's yeah. like a, a common theme now because mm. the width of the back lines kind of smothers mm. how Liverpool like to play and, and they're forced to go through the middle a bit more. Which I, I think maybe that is why Henderson El- benefited. Or, and then why he started Elliot as well. He mm. could operate in the tight spaces. But I think you know Elliot's going to be really good. Obviously lots of people got him in pick your passengers. Yeah. But um, yeah, I would go Fabinho, Thiago and then somebody else. I think Cater's okay. Ox is okay scoring a couple of goals, but I think long term it will be it should be earlier. Yeah, no, I've got to agree with you there. Fabinho does so much defensively, especially when the fullbacks are kind of marauding forward, um, like Liverpool's uh, fullbacks like to do. He kind of slots into almost it makes it a back three basically when they're on the attack with Fabinho being slightly further up the pitch, but he is effectively it's a little box. Where yeah. 
control counters, which is but effective. I think Fabinho's got to be in any midfield that they play. I think he's probably one of their most important yeah. players they have. Um, I think Elliot, just for the fact that he's young, developing into a really exciting player, and is probably going to be a long-term option. And then I'm, I think Thiago and Henderson can probably be interchanged depending on the game and fitness. I think they can both perform fairly similar roles. Or there's James Milner, who made his 800th career appearance, and they're going to give him a new deal. No, he's off on a free. I think I read that he's going to Villa in the summer. You sure? Another Renaissance signing like Ashley Young. But can we also just talk about... um... Yeah. No? Okay. Uh, Alex has frozen. It's fine, we'll just... uh... Yeah, how how did um, Chelsea and Liverpool look at that Monaco midfield, right? And, (laughs) And Chelsea... Who had the bigger pull at the time decided, let's get back Yoko and Aiken and Fabinho. I'm sorry, what could have been, am I right? Uh, no, no, you, you don't deserve any of that, okay? Okay, sorry. Uh, the difference we... between a good scouting network and oh. an average scouting oh, network. Oh, shots. <laughs> shots, fine. We found Lamptey. You took him. But uh, anyway. Okay, okay guys, this is a tough let's, one. Let's, 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 I just want to mention um, to round out the show. Uh, the Europa League ga- game's going on right now. It's mm. half time in uh, both games, I think, the two big ones. And uh, you guys don't know this yet, but Dortmund are 2 0 down to Rangers. No. So, yeah. um, Seriously. Tavanier and Alfredo Morelos. And oh, uh, wow. Barca are 1 0 down to Napoli. Apparently, they missed a sitter at the other end. Seconds later, Napoli stormed down the pitch and scored. You, so. me, and you, back oh, yes. Barca. But um, I, I picked Araujo as my key player, and he's not playing. So if he was playing, Barca would be winning, but he's not, so they're not. Oh, so you can't say that. That's my cop out. Anyway, is it, is it? thank you for listening. Pavan, do you want to reveal who the suitcase of a superstar was? The suitcase of a superstar p- mystery player was indeed David Alaba. Yeah. No way. <laughs> These two did guess correctly on clue three, three. I believe. Kieran, you did. I know. Clue I, two, I wouldn't two. have got it. I was thinking. I was thinking Austria, but I completely mm. blanked on Alaba, and I was thinking Sabitza. I I actually had Alaba in my head after clue one. Mm. Oh really? Yeah, but I obviously I'm not. I needed points. Yeah, yeah. Well, you could have got max points there. Um, nobody's got match So who won it in the four years he didn't win it? I'm thinking Arnautovic one season. I'm thinking Sabitzer. Sabitzer, a couple of the others. That's it. That, yeah. that is it, isn't it? There isn't really another high-profile Austrian yeah. missing out. But no. I, I've got to say, a very impressive uh, signing and somebody that Bayern maybe could have... Held on to. Held on yeah. to, but wage demands and, you know, Real, Real played more. But, yeah, let us know if you guessed uh, correctly and these two are... Picking up three points each. Yes, we are. So make sure to follow us on our socials. That's at ChampionsURN on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, We post our predictions Mm. before every game of the Champions League. And we're also going to be doing it for the Europa League as well when it gets to the round of 16 onwards. Otherwise, it's just a lot of posts to do. (laughs) We don't want to be spamming your feed that much. Yeah, not with Leicester Randers, you know? Yeah, Yeah, no. Um, So, yeah, make sure you follow us there to see our predictions. We'll see you next week for the next set of round of 16 games. Um, There's some more really exciting ties Chelsea-Lille, big one. United-Atleti. Yeah, that's the one that I think... We, I was the most not sure on predicting. So Villarreal, Juve next week, um, and there is one more which has actually escaped me. But yes, next week is Champions League. The week after, well, we have a very big, uh, very very special guest coming on, which we are actually recording next week. But it will be out the week after that. Um, we're actually recording two interviews next week, so the big episodes one, coming up. Big yeah, the other one up. is Benfica Ajax. I did. I actually found that one hard to predict as well. Yes. Like. 
That was um, that was a tough one to predict, but you will see all of those predictions on our socials, um, and you will hear us talk about them next week. So thank you for listening. Thank you for flying, chatting like champions. We'll see you again soon. <laughs>